love your enemies or enemy. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. These are the words of our blessed Lord today to every one of us. When I read this gospel on Friday, I remembered, I thought about the family of uh, Dante Wright. You know, this last Friday, the sentencing for Kim Potter, the police officer that accidentally shot uh, Dante Wright, was handed down. So I thought about that family, you know, how they can receive this kind of message to pray for someone who killed your son, to love someone who murdered your son or daughter, to even bless them. And I believe, if not all of us, may have similar experience. It may not be as enormous as uh, the family of Dante Wright. But I would like all of us to reflect on some of the real life experiences that may resonate with many of us here. The story of Sister Helen, John, uh, sister of uh, daughters of uh, St. Joseph. Sister Helen is from Baton Rouge here in Louisiana. She was involved in prison ministry beginning uh, in 1981 here in New Orleans. But in 1982, she was invited over to come to uh, Louisiana State Penitentiary, Angola, uh, in the West uh, Florida uh, Parish in Louisiana, Angola, many of you know the place very well, where prisoners uh, stay before execution. So sister was invited over there. She became the spiritual advisor for some of these uh, inmates on death row. So sister wrote a powerful book recording her experience or experiences of working in that place. And the book is titled, uh, Dead Man Walking, Dead Man Walking. The book is so powerful that it gained the New York Times and became the best-selling international book translated into 10 languages. So the, story, the book records her experiences, especially the effect of the execution, not only on the prisoners, but also on the families both ways, and also those who work there. So uh, specifically, it is the story of uh, Elmo Patrick Sonier and also the story of Robert uh, Willie. These two guys, you know, who went to the death row and were executed. Some of you know Robert Willie, like you said. So in that book, sister, uh, speaking of the families of the victims, uh, she said, most times uh, their first reaction or response is usually one of anger, it's one of hatred, it's one of lust, and also of revenge to retaliate. And most times when these families are asked, uh, do you want death penalty to that, they usually say, oh yes, unequivocally they say yes, and they will say, uh, I wish I would be the one to pull the switch, or to be the one to kill the person with my bare hands. And the story goes on to tell us about the family of a young girl who was abducted in the wood. The name of the girl is Faith. 
Faith was abducted in the wood. She was raped, starved, and also left to bleed to death. So the family was present at the execution of the murderer, Robert. So, and the media was waiting outside to um, you know, ask this family question. So after the execution, uh, the media interviewed the family and asked them, how do you feel? To that, they said, he died too quick, and I hope he burns in hell. And Sister Helen was there at the execution, and she thought to herself, if these people could watch Robert die daily a thousand times, they could watch him die daily. But the reality of the fact is that when you get home, you are faced with the empty chair. You are faced with the reality of the loss of your daughter. And even killing Robert, the victim, or the murderer, or the offender, is not going to restore the peace or the justice that you are looking for. That emptiness will be filled up with somethingness, not even the killing of Robert or the one who offended us. And he goes on to tell us that is the spiritual journey that we need to make. That is where the real and actual healing begins. But over the years, she discovered that not many families stay on that level of desire for vengeance. Not many of them stay on that level. So over the years, because she's been journeying with other families, she discovered and noted in that book that some families begin that spiritual journey because the desire for vengeance is costly, very, very costly for your peace of mind, for your sanity, and also for your peace. Going on on this story, there is another woman, Debbie Morris, picking up on the same experience. Debbie Morris wrote another book similar to Sister Helen. Her own book is Forgiving the Dead Man Walking. Forgiving the Dead Man Walking. So Debbie was abducted with her boyfriend, and she was repeatedly raped. So for her, it was so difficult to forgive. But also, forgiveness is something so urgent. So in her own book, she recorded, the unforgiveness that I was holding on to, the hatred, the anger, was destroying my life. It was destroying my life. It is like continuing to allow these men, because two men did that. So it was like continuing to allow these men to have control over my life. It was like, you know, allowing myself to be victimized over and over and over. And she went on to tell us that the moment that I, you know, initially she thought that justice would come by executing or killing them. So she waited for a milestone, the capture of these two men, the trial, the guilty verdict, and, and finally the execution. So she thought that justice will come. Just like we see every day, people are crying, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. The word of God tells us, my peace I give you, but not as the world do give peace. What kind of peace do society offer, you and I? So uh, Debbie went on to tell us that the justice did not bring the healing that she was looking for. That 
when she was able to offer forgiveness, that was when the anger, the pain, and the loss not only disappeared, but also the shame of that experience, you know, disappeared. And the moment she was able to forgive, she discovered that a prisoner was set free, and that prisoner is herself. What a powerful experience and example. It is not easy to do that at all. It is not easy to do that. In 2018, September, we hear the story of Amber Geiger, another police officer, woman, who after 14 hours of shift, went home and entered the wrong apartment, thinking that there was an intruder in her house. Accidentally, she shot him. Botham is the name of the guy. But what marvels us the most, what is remarkable in that story is uh, during the hearing, the sentencing, the brother of Botham, who was shot accidentally by name, Branch, offered not only forgiveness to Amber Geiger, but also went over to the uh, uh, witnessing stand to give her lots of hugs and also pray that things work out for her. These are wonderful experiences that the scripture today is inviting you and I. It is an extraordinary command to love your enemy, to pray for them, to even bless them. It is only by the grace of God that we get or one can get to that level of spiritual maturity. It is not easy to do that at all. And I wonder how many of us can even do that, including myself. But the grace of God will help us to follow and to be able to do that. In his letter to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, the word of God tells us, my grace is enough for you. So the grace is already made available, but we have to cooperate with the grace of God. That cooperation can only come by being very close to him. Remember the experience of, or the example of Pope John Paul II uh, with the guy who shot him in 1981. He went to the prison, not only to visit him, but also to offer forgiveness and to pray for him. He is able, or he was able to do that because of being very close to Christ, who himself gives forgiveness, who himself heals. It is only in him that we can get the healing that we are looking for. Remember, Christ became man, not only to save us from sin, but also to show us the way. In John 14, he tells us, I am the way. Only when you follow this way, then you are able to do this extraordinary command. The scripture tells us today, even sinners love those who love them. Even sinners do good to those who do them. So what is the difference if you and I gather here, professing to be those who follow the way, and there is nothing extraordinary about us? Then we may be wasting our time. But he calls us to cooperate with that grace so we are able to step forward. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verse 2, you hear that Christians or the followers of the way were first of all, uh, for the first time, called Christians because they were following like the way of doing things. Their way of doing things were different from the way others were doing. So if we profess to be Christians, both in words, both in name and in deed, then these extraordinary commands 
is or are for every one of us. We pray today that the Lord will strengthen, will strengthen us. First of all, to forgive ourselves. You cannot give what you do not have. If I am unable to forgive myself, then I'm not able to offer forgiveness to my spouse, to my husband, to my children, to anyone. First of all, to see through myself, to forgive myself. The psalm of this morning, Psalm 103, prays, Bless the Lord, all my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. One, because it is he who forgives all my iniquities. It is he who pardons all my offenses. It is he who restores my life from the pit of destruction. So if I'm able to receive and appropriate that grace given to me, then I am made whole to even extend the grace or the forgiveness to others. So what I'm saying in a sense is that forgiveness is for me first. Forgiveness is for me so I can be healed. Then I can offer the same forgiveness to those around me. Paul prayed and Paul prayed in uh, his second letter to Corinthians, chapter, two, uh, chapter 1, that the God who gives us consolation in our affliction to be blessed, so that we are able to extend the same consolation to those who suffer. So today we pray, my dear brothers and sisters, that the Lord will help us receive the peace and the healing that we need, so that we are able to pick up the example of David in the first period, the example of these people mentioned in these stories, to forgive ourselves and to offer the same forgiveness to others. That is what it means to be a Christian. We pray together. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart.